Chapter number twenty eight of Nan Sherwood at Lakeview Hall. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Nan Sherwood at Lakeview Hall by Annie Rowe Carr chapter twenty eight beautiful Belua. nan did not know very much about it she had a dreamy remembrance of the first day or two of her sojourn in what the girls call the sick bay she remembered dr larry's kind face leaning above her and she realized that he was there a great deal at first the fact was the physician made a hard fight to ward off the threatened attack of pneumonia that he feared nan had been in a receptive state for sudden illness when she slipped into the icy water that morning worried in mind and having eaten little for several meals then was added to this the mental shock of linda's accusation her mind wandered and dr prescott and mrs cupp heard a great deal about the black ghost and a boy in black who were trying to get linda riggs necklace away from nan this troubled the girl greatly in her first delirium then she wandered to scotland and took up the burden of her parents financial troubles she tried to get them home on the boat but they had no tickets and the captain would not trust them for their passage these and many other imaginary troubles helped to confuse the poor girl's mind but finally the delirium settled into one thing nan wanted belua at first the principal thought she meant her dr prescott knew of course that her girls called her in affection dr bula she came to the bedside as often as nan cried out the name but soon it was apparent that the principal's kind and beautiful face did not assuage nan's longing the girl talked intimately to beautiful bula about mumsey and papa sherwood if we were only back all together again in the little dwelling in amity weakly cried the sick girl oh bula i haven't been nice to you i've been ashamed of you i was afraid of what the girls would say and that mrs cupp would think i was a baby what can the poor child mean demanded the worried principal of the matron dr larry says that this worrying over the mysterious bula is doing her more harm than anything else mrs cupp's face was very grim she was not a sympathetic looking woman at best now she looked more severe than ever she marched out of the sick room without a word she had already removed from about nan's neck the fine gold chain and key in a few minutes she marched in again to dr prescott's unbounded surprise and laid a wonderful pink-cheeked doll beside nan in the bed mrs cupp it seems had a pretty exact knowledge of everything hidden at the bottom of the girls trunks after all when nan aroused the next time there was beautiful bula 
right in the crook of her arm she smiled hugged the doll close to her took her medicine without a murmur and went at once to sleep again poor little girl said good dr larry when he was told about it of course that wasn't what has been really troubling her dr prescott but the doll is connected with a happier time when she was at home with her absent parents with that wax beauty in her possession all troubles look smaller to her youthful mind i did think nancy sherwood was too big for doll babies sniffed mrs cupp refusing to show any further tenderness i can see how she feels said dr prescott understandingly i'm tempted to play with that beautiful thing myself nancy loves babies and as kind as she can be to the smaller girls it would not hurt some of the girls older than she if they played dolls again they are altogether too grown up bess was at the door of the sick room morning noon and night as soon as the physician said there was no danger nan's chum was allowed in the room when she saw the big doll on the pillow beside nan's head she uttered a large round oh didn't you ever see it before elizabeth asked the principal curiously oh why it's beautiful beulah beg pardon dr prescott it isn't named after you nan had it ever so many years ago my i never suspected it was in existence and to bring it to school with her my nan's vitality brought her out of the sick bay in a short time she lost only a week from her books altogether that she told herself did not so much matter when her time at lakeview hall was to be so short but she was faithful and hurried to make up the lost recitations linda riggs was in retirement disgraced before the whole school she had been obliged to publicly deny the story she had started about nan sherwood and the lost necklace and too the necklace had been sent by registered post to mr riggs with a sharp letter from dr prescott reminding him that the girls of lakeview hall were not allowed to wear such jewelry some of the girls were inclined to poke fun at nan's big doll which was brought up into room seven corridor four and given a place of honor there but it was gentle fun for the whole school was sorry for nan now they knew that she must leave the hall at the end of the term because of financial reserves and the girls were beginning to find out how lovable she was and to remember how kind she had been to everybody procrastination boggs crocheted a shawl for beautiful beulah and laura polk bought a tiny embroidered cap that fitted the doll's head perfectly bess made leggings for nan's child and gracie mason presented a pair of fur-trimmed boots really there was never so lucky a doll baby as beautiful beulah for she had presents galore nan could not refuse any of these gifts and most of them came with funny little notes the doll was made much 
of by everybody in corridor four she was decked and redecked in all the finery that came to her and many of the girls looked in at room seven every day just to see how nan's child got along the girl from tilbury began to notice that some of the biggest of them liked to hold the doll and dress and redress it and there was a deal of fuss as mrs cupp said made over the pretty blue-eyed thing finally laura had a bright idea she suggested that a party be given in beautiful beulah's honor a regular sure enough honest-to-goodness party she cried why not everybody bring something to give the child have a regular shower party goodness haven't we had parties enough for one term demanded nan that one at the boathouse seemed to fill the bill oh nothing like that we might not get out of it so easily again admitted the red-haired girl and anyway that's ancient history let's have it in the afternoon and feed em tea and cakes bess was enthusiastic immediately she had been quite subdued since the boathouse party and nan's sickness she was just aching for something to happen anything doing always delighted bess but the trouble with nan's chum was she would try to mix the business of studying with pleasure she started to crochet a fascinator so amelia boggs called it for nan's doll and fearing she would not get it done in time she carried the crocheting with her into german class frau dusseldorf was not particularly sharp-sighted but her hearing was not failing and when she addressed bess twice without receiving any reply it was only natural that the german teacher should step down from the platform to see what the brown head was doing bent so low over elizabeth's book well 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 exclaimed the teacher in some excitement va is oh one two three and four muttered ernest bess did you speak to me madame and the girl looked up dreamily poising the crocheting needle before taking up the next stitch ach what is the child doing demanded the lady seizing the work in bess's hand oh madame dusseldorf shrieked bess you made me drop a stitch drop a stitch drop a stitch repeated the lady in some heat aunt v shouldn't you have stitches to drop in classroom tell me that please oh oh i i poor bess stammered frau dusseldorf could be very stern when she wished what is this for demanded the teacher holding up the confiscated fascinator and shaking it in the air so that all the girls began to giggle it's for the party blurted out bess very red in the face just then dr beulah and half a dozen visitors some of them gentlemen entered the classroom the situation was tragic for poor bess there stood frau dusseldorf in commanding attitude 
her back to the door unconscious of the approach of the preceptress and her friends and waving the unfinished bit of crocheting in the air why did you come here to lakeview miss demanded the teacher to knit to sew to play ach i do not teach a class in baby doll rags i hope remove yourself to the platform miss take this this plaything with you sit down there that the other pupils may see how you employ your hands and mind in class she turned majestically and saw the amused visitors even dr beulah seemed to relish the situation for her eyes twinkled and her lips twitched a little as she said to cover the german lady's confusion the time is not propitious for a visit to your class madame i can plainly see we will withdraw she did not speak sternly but nan who was watching saw that frau dusseldorf turned strangely pallid and that her hands shook as she went back to her desk following the angry and tearful bess after a moment when the girls had settled into something like their usual calm and had stopped giggling the lady leaned over and patted bess softly on the shoulder never mind my dear she said her voice vibrant with some feeling that the girls who heard her did not understand put the foolish trifle on my desk here and go back to your book you are punished enough Ach, perhaps i am too and nan sherwood noted the fact that the german lady was much troubled during the rest of the session she wondered why like several of the instructors at lakeview hall frau dusseldorf did not sleep on the premises mr frau dusseldorf kept a delicatessen shop in town and the couple had rooms behind the shop the german instructor's husband whom all the girls called mr frau dusseldorf was a percy self-important little man with a bristling pompadour and moustache he was like a gnome with military bearing if you can imagine such a person when frau dusseldorf put her heavily shod foot over the threshold of the delicatessen shop she at once became the typical german hausfrau and nothing else her university training was set aside she cooked her husband's dinner with her own hands and then served him in approved german style it was the very afternoon of bess harley's trouble in german class that nan and she chanced to have an errand in town and obtained permission from mrs cupp to go there the girls often brought delicacies of mr dusseldorf his cheeses and worst had quite a special flavor and he made lovely potato salad that often graced the secret banquets at lakeview hall as nan and bess came along main street there was the little bristle-haired teuton standing at his door his bald head was bare and he wore carpet slippers and no coat 
as the light was fading he evidently had come to the door to read a letter which he held close to his pure blind eyes frau dorsdorf hasn't come down from the hall yet mean old thing ejaculated bess you needn't call her names i think she was awfully easy on you nan said smiling and she seemed worried too because dr bula caught the classroom in such a turmoil well it wasn't my fault grumbled bess knowing of course that it was but wishing to excuse herself if she could nan made no immediate reply she was watching the little german compassionately as he stood there in the open door scanning the rustling sheet of paper the girl saw the frank tears were running down his plump cheeks nan clutched her chum's wrist and whispered oh bess what do you suppose is the matter with mr frau dusseldorf what how oh exclaimed bess likewise seeing the little man's emotion as he turned back into the shop why nan yes said nan he was crying let's go in suggested the impulsive bess maybe he will tell us about it but but i wouldn't like to intrude nan said come on we'll buy a pickle exclaimed bess surely he won't think that very much of an intrusion when the tinkling little bell over the door announced the girl's entrance the german appeared from the rear premises wiping his eyes on a checkered handkerchief he knew the two girls from the hall by sight good afternoon fraulein he said in greeting is the school out yet most of the classes are over for the day sir nan replied as bess took much time in selecting the wartiest and biggest pickle in the dusseldorf collection is mean frau come the town in yet pursued the little man whose idiomatic speech often amused the girls when they came to the store i believe she was correcting exercises sir nan said smiling i expect we girls make her much extra trouble ach he responded trouble we have in plenty yes but that is light trouble it is of our hands and fritz what we have most trouble yes nan and bess knew that the german couple worked only and saved and scrimped only for the support of two grown sons in the military service of the fatherland they desired that hans and fritz should have the best and marry well but for a young prussian officer to keep up appearances and hold a footing among his mates costs much more than his wage as a soldier i hope your sons are well herr dusseldorf nan said speaking carefully well yeah they no sickness have but there is more trouble as sickness ach mean frau she come he exclaimed bess had selected the pickle the little german gave them no more attention but darted out from behind 
the counter to meet Frau Dusseldorf as she entered the shop. He waved the letter he had been reading excitedly and began in high-pitched German to tell his wife the news. And news of troubling it was, indeed, as two American girls could understand. Both Bess and Nan had studied German a year before they had come to the hall, and rapidly as the little man talked, they could understand much that he said. The slower replies of his startled wife they could likewise apprehend. Nan and Bess clung near the door, hesitating to depart, for Mr. Frau Dusseldorf had not given Bess her change. Hans was in trouble, serious trouble. His brother Fritz wrote that it would take all the old couple's little savings to save Hans from disgrace, and one brother's disgrace would seriously affect the career of the other. And perhaps I have offended the good Dr. Prescott this very day cried frau dusseldorf you know how it was at the other school last year henry the german teacher had only been at lakeview half a year before this present term dr prescott too is very very stern she entered my classroom with friends just as one of those thoughtless girls made me excited the room was in a turmoil Och, it would be terrible now if the doctor requested my resignation. Nan drew Bess outside into the street. Never mind the change, Bessie, she begged. Oh, I'm so ashamed of myself, sighed Bess. I never knew people had so much trouble. And those sons are men grown. Their children just the same. But I know she is over-anxious about her position. I don't suppose the little shop earns them very much. It is probably her salary at the school which goes to Germany. Oh, my dear, you don't suppose Dr. Bula is angry with Frau Dusseldorf because she does not keep good order in her classes? We do bother her a lot. Bess was very serious. I know I do she admitted sometimes it's fun to plague her she gets excited so easily and forgets her polite english we mustn't any more said nan i just know what i'm going to do muttered bess but nan did not hear her elizabeth was impulsive of late she has shown more strongly than before the influence nan sherwood's character had had upon her own disposition she felt herself at fault because of the scene that day in german class and frau dusseldorf feared she would be blamed for it dr bula prescott had never seemed like a very harsh person to Beth's, but the girl approached the office that evening before supper with some timidity it had always been a hard thing for bess hartley admit that she was wrong in any case and now when dr bula was looking at her quizzically the girl from tilbury shrank from the ordeal miss elizabeth you do not often seek my desk my dear said the preceptress pleasantly what 
is it you wish oh dr prescott exclaimed bess going headlong into the matter as usual it's about frau Düsseldorf. dr prescott's pretty brows drew together a little but perhaps it was a puzzled line instead of anger what about your german instructor she asked quietly oh dr prescott you won't blame her for that trouble in class today will you it was i i did it i was crocheting instead of attending to the work and you know how easily it is for her to get excited please blame me and not her dr prescott my dear child gasped the lady in some surprise perhaps i do not understand sit down here now be quiet and don't sob so tell me all about it and bess managed soon to control herself and explain fully her reason for coming to beg off for frau dusseldorf the preceptress listened quietly nor did she smile at bess harley's way of trying to straighten out the affair you are a kind girl she said and i am glad to see that despite your thoughtlessness you consider others you should consider the madame always in class for she had a hard time enough at the best i know she is easily excited but i judge her work from results i am quite satisfied with her and have no intention of disturbing her about that contretemps today indeed i should not have mentioned it to her had you not told me how she felt about it i will send henry down town with a note at once to her she shall sleep in peace to-night after all if my assurance of good will and sympathy will help her do so the news of the german teacher's trouble circulated among the girls and it was noticeable that those who took german were more careful about giving the good if excitable lady trouble during the weeks that immediately followed meanwhile bess finished the fascinator the other girls friendly to the chums in room seven corridor four bought gifts too beautiful beulah had an afternoon reception that was the talk of the hall for weeks of course the little folk came nan was friends with every child in the primary grades and she invited them to come and bring their dolls there was tea and cakes enough for all and the reception overflowed into the corridor mademoiselle loro who had taken a great fancy to nan sherwood presided at the tea table the little french woman had by no means forgotten her youth and she did not cast any damper upon the occasion as bess hardly was afraid she would i don't know how it is nan said bess when the entertainment was over and they were alone you are just the funniest girl i ever heard of any other girl would never have thought of inviting a teacher to a doll's party if she had 
the girls would have been afraid to come but we had a splendid time and i shall try to please mademoiselle more in the future she's an awfully nice old thing nan only smiled in her wise little brain this very result had been foreseen she had begun to see that when the girls and teachers only met in the classroom or at meals they did not warm up to each other social intercourse with their instructors made the girls less antagonistic towards them the weather grew colder and the ice was pronounced safe skating began and the chums from tilbury soon showed the other girls how well they could skate together walter mason declared he had just soon skate with nan sherwood as with any boy he knew nan and bess went down to mrs cupp's room one day to ask for the privilege of going to town to get their skates sharpened it was late afternoon and growing dusky in the stairways there was no light in mrs cupp's room before the girls reached the top of the flight leading to the basement they heard the matron scream then a sharp shrill voice cried i want my money give me my money you and miss vane are trying to keep it from me i want my money go away go away the startled girls heard mrs cupp murmur i'll haunt you i'll follow you bess had uttered a cry out of the matron's room scuttled a thin black figure which darted down the stairs the boathouse ghost gasped bess clinging to nan in fright goodness returned nan if it is he's a long way off his beat isn't he boathouse ghost indeed but when they went into the matron's room they found mrs cupp lying back in her chair in a pitiable state of fright End of chapter 28 Recorded by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.